Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we are back with another edition of Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the greatest movies of all time and new movies, too, eventually, hopefully, in theaters. Uh, another day, another day we really don't go to the movie theaters, but I have gotten a chance to see a couple movies I'll talk about, and Chuck and I are going to go back to 30 years ago, 1991, and i got to tell you, I had a lot of fun putting my top 10 list together, and we'll go through our 10 favorite movies from... 30 years ago, a little bit later on in the show. We've got some movie news ahead as well. Let's bring him in right now. Uh, Chuck, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good, Mike. Um, I tried to make that a, a brief opening because I know you've been complaining a lot. that I, I thought that was I really thought, good. I, okay. thought, I thought you condensed my introduction really well. It almost made me feel like a co-host now and not <laughs> a special guest star. <laughs> uh, we are a few here, days away here's from... What's, here's, let me just say this. Here's what's interesting. The way you've been doing it. Now, you, today you did good. But the way you've been doing it, it's almost like an introduction at the at the end of the opening credits. And Carl Malden is Wilbur. Yeah, you're. I yeah, said beyond the beside. We got yeah. our beyond the beside adventure reference out, Good. so we We're, can proceed. It's out of the way now. We don't. Yes, have it to. is. I feel honestly, I feel relieved. I'm totally relaxed. I feel liberated you. now. Uh, Me too. Chuck, hopefully we have a show next week. You never know. You got inauguration this week, so uh, hopefully we make it to the other side. Um, I think and, we will. And uh, I think so too. And, is Gerard uh, Butler on the scene? <laughs> I hope so. I, we need him now we more might, than we ever. We might listen. We might need him, Snake Pliskin, and John <laughs> McClain, and uh, and and Jack Bauer here. Speaking of which, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about before we move further uh, and got into Fast Five, I, I didn't include him in Fast Five, but it is James Carpenter's birthday. John Carpenter. Week, uh, John Carpenter's birthday this weekend, Chuck, and uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up. How old um, is he? Uh, he's pretty darn. You want to take a shot at how old do you think he is? 77. I see. I have a feeling he's much older than that, but that's just, he's always looked 77, you know, right. He yeah. is actually, uh, so he's only 74. Wow, 74. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, you uh, think he's got one more in him? Boy, uh, I hope doesn't so. Look that way. It doesn't look that way though. No, no. Um, it's one of the most interesting careers because it won. His body of work is is will stand the test of time. Yeah, the the first half of it, it's like it's like the first half of his work, Halloween, Escape, The Fog, The Thing, uh, Christine, the thing, Christine, uh, um, Big Trouble. Yep, and then the second half, the Invisible Man, uh, a, a Village of the Dam, right? Uh, Escape and, from so LA. See, I don't mind Escape from L.A. I, I have fun with that movie. I like, like it, too. But I, I have fun with it. But the, <laughs> the, the, the Village of the Dam is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Village of the Dam, the vampires. In, in, the, in, the in the Mouth of Madness has some good stuff, but it's not it's not good enough to, to say it, it's all right. It's all yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't done a movie since. Uh, What's that the, movie he did with Ice Cube? Uh, Ghost on Mars. Ghost, Ghost on Mars. Mars. It's yeah. a strange movie. Yeah. Uh, and then he did the ward in 2010. That was his last. Never movie. saw it. Now, me neither. Um, yeah. Great, great career. And uh, happy birthday to John Carpenter. Yes, happy birthday. Wanted to bring that up. Big Chuck, fan. 
Chuck, I did get a chance to see a couple of movies uh, yeah. that were one that was released straight to HBO Max called um, Lockdown. Oh, which, yeah. Cool. What do you think? I, I got it. it. I just uh, it was OK. I mean, nothing great. It, exactly what you'd expect it to be. Um, OK, it's let me Doug, ask you a question. Doug Lyman directs. If you saw it in a movie theater. Uh, yeah, what probably. Would, what, yeah. what would your review be? It, it would probably would have been flat as hell because it just plays as they're locked down in there and they somehow concoct a way to steal a diamond. Um, and I say they it's Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor, who are both very appealing on screen. Um, but it's really nothing more than a two hour Zoom meeting more than anything. Is it like, like an experimental film? No, nah, I mean, it's just a, a movie of our times more than anything else. The, the fact that we've all been in lockdown, what it would be like. And uh, these two are a struggling couple that are about to break up once the lockdown's over. And then somehow uh, this caper that they put together might keep their love alive. I do like Doug Lyman's direction in it, um, but it really if it did. I, and I'm glad you brought it up. If I would have saw it in the theater, I'm like, well, what am I what are we seeing here? There's really. But the fact that we're all you know, somewhat going through a lockdown. Um, lived a life that these two might have lived. Um, there was some appeal to that. It mm -hmm. is definitely a movie of our time. Can I interject real quick? Sure, go ahead. Okay, now uh, uh, I hope this is not the case. Warner Brothers. This, now these are Warner Brothers movies, mm -hmm. I believe, right? Yep, so, this one was, yes. Okay, so Warner Brothers is going to do uh, on a lot of their films either just HBO Max or day-to-day, -day, HBO Max and in theaters. Mm -hmm. So you had Wonder Woman 84, which by all consensus for the most part is a disappointment. You're telling me this would have been a disappointment at the end. I hope they, I hope a lot of the slate of their movies that they didn't make this decision because, well, oh, boy, we, we sort of crapped a bed here. And, well, I'll uh, tell you this. Let's this, roll the dice on HBO Max. I would say that this movie almost seems like it was only made because of the uh, pandemic. I, I did, Yeah, this is this is a product of the pandemic more than anything else. Um and then, uh, you know, we, we can segue right into some movie news. I did see another movie, but right into other movie news. The fact, you know, you bring up. Uh, Warner Brothers and what they're doing. Godzilla Kong is actually getting moved up now from a May release to a March 26th release simultaneously on uh, HBO Max and in theaters. So uh, we're going to get that movie well later than we would have gotten it, but much earlier than we thought we were going to get it this year. Yeah, I saw that. I, they released some footage. Um, I do like Rebecca Hall's in it too, Chuck. I, I really like her. Alexander Skar Skarsgård, I always liked him. It's got a really good cast, but the other movies have had good casts too, and they've kind of fallen eh, in the eh department. I agree. Um, I can't get overly hyped about it. Will I watch it? Of course. Well, then, you know, it's interesting. You watch a movie like Locked Down on, on your TV. That's one thing, but Godzilla and King Kong are yeah, movies. The when, when They're we movie were, monsters. You want to see right. them in movie when theaters. We were, you know? Well, when we were kids, the fun of like a Godzilla when it came on WPIX Channel 11 mm -hmm. is that you knew it was schlocky. You knew it was low budget. And you knew it was uh, a man in a, in a Godzilla suit, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that gave it a sense of fun. And now, you know, maybe the bigger budget, they do this stuff, CGI it. Maybe that's the issue. Not that I want to see Godzilla in a in a in a costume. I'm just saying maybe no, no, but somewhere they, in between. I, I agree. None of those movies have a sense of fun and any momentum. The first one had with Brian Cranston left when he left. So uh, you're right. Like, there's no there's no wonderment or awe to any of those movies. Meanwhile, you're looking at a giant, you know, nuclear lizard breathing yeah, fire. And I know. It's just, you know, it's, it's so just, wait, let me ask you a question. Peter Jackson's King Kong. What, what were your thoughts on that one? Um, I liked it a lot when I saw it. It's not yeah. repeatable, though. I will say that I have. I don't know if I've seen it since I saw it in the theaters. I think at the time it was really great special effects that we hadn't seen before. Um, it's too long. 
It's too long. Uh, I mean, it's and, very and- well made. Very well made. It's got some. It, it, again, that's a movie that has very little sense of fun. That's no. the issue. I, I got a the, problem, too, when yeah. you have the leading man's uglier than the than the than the than King Kong. You know, that's a problem with me. All due respect to Adrian Brody, but he does not translate well on the big screen as a lead actor for me. OK, you, you agree. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting choice. Um, there's parts I like. It's slickly made. It's very well done. A I like lot Jack of Black. A lot, a lot of oh, listen. He put a lot of time and effort into it. It's just way, way too long. I mean, yeah. that's, that's always my, my problem with Peter Jackson movies, including the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Just he makes four hour movies that should be uh, two. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, and I do like Naomi Watts. Good casting I there. Um, I, I like the scene on the ice skating ring. Nice skating. Right, good. And really the ending's, nice, the ending's good. Yeah. The ending's good. It just I, 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 I got to tell you, I am partial still. To the Jeff Bridges, Jessica Lang version. I don't care what people. I, I like that version. And I actually like Skull Island. I don't. I, I thought if anyone, any I'm one of them had it. some fun to it. Yeah, that, that was the, the best one. one. But I'm, I'm still, it's still, I'm not satisfied. Chuck, I also got a chance to see uh, the King of Staten Island. Oh yeah, over, what do you think over the past week? And um, uh, it's Judd Apatow to a T. Really needs one more round in the editing room. You know, Jetta Patel can't make a comedy less than two hours for some unknown reason. The problem this movie has is it does have a lot of heart and it's got a great performance by Marissa Tomei and a really good storyline of Pete Davidson trying to come to terms with the firefighter dad who passed away. Somewhat autobiographical. It's R-rated. It's very R-rated. Does um, it deserve that rating? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's, okay. it deals with a lot of adult subject matter and language, too. Okay, I mean, okay. he's he's high half the movie. I mean, right. uh, it, uh, I think the, where the movie falls short is first Pete Davidson, where I don't see much appeal on him. He does fit the part perfectly. Um, it's just hard to root for a character of his like in this movie. And Bill Burr, who I love as a stand-up comedian. Now, is what, totally, does he look, what does he look on screen? Is he, he's you totally miscast. Now, yelling? It, yeah, good no, he's not. Is he a good looking guy? Not a real. No, right? he's not. No, he's but, weird looking, right? It, yeah, it, he shaves his head in it. He's got a mm-hmm. bushy mustache uh-huh. and it just didn't fit. He didn't fit in the movie as much as I like his comedy and, and him. He just is not an actor. And so uh, it, you, you give it a negative review. Yeah, it's probably about a two and a half star movie. It does have a lot of heart to it. I will say that Marissa Tomei nails uh, a Staten Island mother like okay. to a T. Really she, she's always good. Um, and it does have a, a nice good payoff at the end. It just, you know, it's hard to root for Pete Davidson's character at times. And I just never bought Bill Burr in the role. So I couldn't give it. And Judd Patel, I mean, come on, man. I mean, he does add some great. I mean, I love his movie making sometimes. But again, much like he did with funny people, you got to wrap this. He, thing he up sort of lost hours. his way in the last. Uh, yeah, he, he well, decade. you know, it was good. He did the uh, he did that one movie with uh, what's her name? Uh, um well, knocked up is awesome. Knocked, well, yeah, but he did the one with the comedian uh, train wreck. Train wreck is the mo- right. And uh, Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. OK, now, Amy Schumer, a lot of a lot of buzz on uh, her, a big movie career. It really fell out of bed pretty quickly. She did. She did. Um, decided to be a mother, too. So she, you know, mm-hmm. she's stand up comedy. Uh, I get it. And she made that movie with Goldie Hawn that really didn't do much. Uh, oh. And then she made that movie that turned a lot of people off. I feel pretty about a, a thin girl who looks fat and it just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I think a, a lot of their fan base uh, fell out of her good graces. She does have a TV series coming up. I like her. I think she's hysterical. And uh, Trainwreck was a really, really good movie. Trainwreck sounds like the title of the times we're living with, but yeah, uh, almost. I, I digress. Almost, no doubt about it. And I did see one other note. Jennifer Connelly did an interview and there is Buzz Chuck of a 
uh, it's 30 years now since the Rocketeer, believe it or not, but um, they are trying to put together some sort of sequel on to Disney that movie. Plus. Yeah, on Disney Plus. I don't think any of the stars will be in this version of it. I hope Joe. they are. Why not? Um, but Billy Campbell's got to look, be looking for work, wouldn't you think? He's a very wealthy man. Uh, well, how did he make his wealth? I think he owned. I think I think is he's heir to the Campbell Soup fortune or something. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I did yeah, not he's know. Very very wealthy. I did not know that. Well, yeah. uh, I I would be interested in seeing that. I I, I see I, it. I thought I'd the, love to watch it. I love that. I, I hope they do a good job. They're all still alive too. Alan Arkin, Timothy Dalton, uh, Paul Sorvino. They're all. I mean, they they could bring them all back if they really wanted to. I don't uh, think they'll bring them all back, but I I think. Uh, uh, the two main ones, Jennifer Connelly and Billy Campbell, for sure. Be fun Maybe. to see Alan Arkin back, too. Yeah, always fun to see that. And can uh, I say one thing? I saw yeah. a movie. What do you got? Oh, you I, saw I, a movie. I, I, Chuck yeah. saw a movie. Hold on. Breaking uh, news. I Chuck. saw I saw a pretty, pretty young woman. Uh, yes. Uh, the, Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. And I got to tell you, she's awesome in the movie. It is um, a movie that I watched. I was compelled. I was so into it. And I was uncomfortable watching it at the same time. Hmm. I can't explain it. Just being a man, I understand she has a. I don't want to give the plot, uh, the the whole thing away, but she has an incident in the beginning of the film. She loses what she wants in life, and later on, she sets out to seek revenge on the people that uh, hurt her. And it's a very psychologically driven movie, and she puts people in a position that you it makes you feel uncomfortable. Now, whether they deserve it or not. They do, for the most part. It still made me uncomfortable to watch it. Um, it has a fatal attraction type feel. The way really? Glenn Close made you feel uncomfortable in that movie. Mm -hmm. uh, she makes you feel uncomfortable, but she's really good. She'll be Oscar nominated, no doubt. Um, and she'll have a puncher's chance at winning the Oscar for Best Actress, I think. I always liked her. She just uh, doesn't work enough. I do but... recommend the movie, though. I mean, it is a very thought-provoking, well-acted. It's a really good script. And uh, it's it's it was a very compelling watch. All right. Uh, and I did see it. it in a movie theater. Well, wow. Alone? Uh, yes. At the theater I'm involved in Pocono Cinema in East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Just want to give a give a plug. <laughs> uh, well, I, I look forward to seeing it. I hear really good buzz on it. Um, I did see a great you know trailer for more than more than Miyagi. You know, they made a documentary about Pat Morita. I'm really looking forward to Chuck. Uh, Did they really? Yeah, it's uh, coming out soon. Uh, you know, basically, you know, his days on Happy Days and 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 all the TV starring he did early in his career. Remember, he's a stand-up comic. People might not know that back in the day. Pat I Marino. know that. And yeah. listen, when you look at him on uh, Happy Days, he was uh, he was the uh, a joke a minute. Yeah, he was. He was right? funny. Yeah, Arnold. Uh, I bought he, a he, the thing. How did he get the the screen? How did he get? You know, it's interesting because when I did a revival, as I said, of the Karate Kid at the theater, and I got John Alveson, the director, to do a taped introduction. He went over about Pat Morita, how he cast him, and they were looking at a a, a, a Japanese action star, a martial arts star from I think Japan that they were going to cast as Miyagi, but Morita came in and the screen test killed it. Yeah. And then he just like, this is Miyagi. I want him. And, and uh, uh, he there's new interviews. The there's new interviews, obviously, Machio and Zabka, Martin Cove. That's uh, really cool. Even Marion Ross and Anson Williams are in it and Henry That's Winkler. Really so cool. uh, looking forward to that. I saw that trailer. I knew you'd get a kick out of it. You know, I just want to say uh, I have another movie that I am uh, playing at my smoothie shop because uh, I've gone over uh, HBO Max and, and, and the lineup is fantastic. The Towering Inferno is on HBO Max. I don't know if oh, you know look that. Out. Uh, I, I mean, I might introduce it to my daughter 
uh, this weekend. She was a big fan of the Poseidon Adventure. So wow, do it. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Um, let's, let's do it and get her on the show. Do you have a marquee out in front of your smoothie shop? Is it now playing? No. And, and yes, it's a marquee, an old school marquee. Old school marquee now playing in, in the times. And that, that, that'd be nice. You should get that. People, you might get people coming in a little bit more. No, there's still an issue. What's people that? People are not going to the movies. That's just the no. fact. And no, he is. And we went over this last week on the show. I walked down the street that I'm on, Crystal Street in East Strasburg, and the restaurants, there's people going to the restaurants and then not going to the movies, Mike. It's, it's so which weird. is which is weird because you're in the theater just about the same time as I guess you're in a, in and, a you know, and you could wear a mask. You don't have to take yeah. your mask off. True. Uh, right. I guess you they still figured... socially distance. I, I don't see a threat in a movie theater in comparison to going to Walmart. I'm, I just don't. Um, and then next week, you got another Liam Neeson movie coming out that nobody's going to go see either, Chuck. And that's The Marksman. Um, really, again, we talked about it last week. The, the turning point will be um, uh, the, the Bond movie um, in, in April. Well, uh, here this, I'm reading now that they're looking to kick it the fall. Oh, boy. All the way I think huh? Variety is reporting that, so I think there's a good chance you're going to see that. Well, having Godzilla and Kong open up both the week before uh, is not a good sign, which means they're still waiting. They're going to be waiting maybe till May for it to be normal. The, the rollout of the vaccine didn't help movie theaters, Chuck. Not we yet. Well, it's no. still early. Listen, yeah. we vaccinated as of this uh, podcast, this you know podcast radio show. We're doing uh, tw- oh, a little over 12 million people have been vaccinated in this country. And there's 30 million doses available. Yeah. Although the, some are saying the reserve dosage isn't there. Uh, we were lied to about that. But that's another podcast for another day. A um, hundred days, a hundred million is what uh, President Biden is going to go for. And uh, remember that movie Moonfall, Chuck, the Roland Emmerich movie, the yeah, what about disaster it? movie? Uh, well, Stanley Kubrick's out. Um, Stanley Tucci's out. Uh, Michael Pena's in. Tucci couldn't do it because of a pandemic. So they recast it with Michael Pena and he uh, will join the cast. Patrick Wilson. Uh, Charlie Plummer, Halle Berry, and Donald Sutherland of a moon. Somehow this this really sounds like Deep Impact too, except it's the moon instead of a meteor. But it's Roland Emmerich. It's a disaster movie, so you and I will be there watching it. By law, we have to, right? Yeah, I got a couple other movie uh, news items. Deadline uh, Hollywood Daily, I believe, reported, even though Chris Evans is sort of like uh, trying to retract, but that's normal because they don't want to give everything away. They're saying he's going to come back. He's trying to they're cutting a deal, the MCU Marvel, that Chris Evans return once again as Captain America, despite the fact in the last uh, Avengers movie, you thought that would be uh, sure. putting the character of Captain America to bed. What do you what do you think of bringing him back? Yeah, I mean, he is the quintessential Captain America. If yeah. they're going to do it, why, why? He's young enough to keep doing it. Why stop? I, I, what did he say? It's news to me, right? That he, Yeah, yeah. He played it off that yeah, way. That, well, I think he said he has sort of news to me. The check didn't clear. Yeah, no, <laughs> it'll be a big one. We know that. How could uh, you not want to do it for that check? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great in that role. Did you get a chance? I guess you haven't watched WandaVision yet, which came I out. Have this week have too. You? No, I haven't. I heard good buzz on it, though. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Now, I just, again, that's the thing. They released two episodes. Just two. Yeah, you got to wait. I know much like the Land- Mandalorian. What do you do? One week at a time is that is. Yeah, basically two two episodes per week. I usually just wait till they're all out and then I start it. I, I got a couple other things. Tell me what you think. Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem are going to star in Aaron Sorkin, written and directed uh, the Ricardos, playing Rick, uh, Lucy and Ricky. Who's doing that now? Who's who's that? Aaron, cast? Sork, Aaron, Aaron Sorkin is going to write and direct a great writer. Yeah. Nicole Kidman is Lucy. 
uh, uh, Javier Bardem is Ricky. His casting's good. That's a that's 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 a tough uh, role for Nicole Kidman. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a, not a comedy, <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds like this is going to be. I'm sure a it'll be. A, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a gritty look, but you're going to obviously have to do some comedic stuff. No, I, 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 I think she'll do fine. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, it's weird casting. I, I don't know if it's a subject matter I want to see either. I, I don't know. I mean, I if guess I was if I was flipping, if it, that that's a movie for streaming to me, I'd watch it yeah. on streaming. Uh, Ryan um, Reynolds supposedly in talks to join the cast of Jumanji three. <laughs> is there a paycheck? Smart. Is there a paycheck at this point? This guy doesn't go after. Well, no, I think that's smart. Why? What are you talking? What are you getting on on. Ryan Reynolds for? What are you talking about? Talk about high concept. Well, what I mean, well, the, the other two were high concept. He had freaking Danny DeVito running around in the last I guess one. So. <laughs> um, and, and listen to this. Kevin Hart. Signing a lucrative four-picture deal with Netflix, the same yeah. type of deal Adam Sandler had. Uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, Mike. Yeah. Interesting, though, with Kevin Hart, though. Um, you know, he lost the Oscar gig. That was a year ago, right? Wow, jeez. It was a whole year ago. He um, survived it okay. He, I, did he? I mean, it's hard to tell because of the pandemic. I think he did. I think he survived it fine. All right, Chuck. Let's uh, Before we get to the top 10 movies of 1991, 30 years ago, yeah. uh, what were our favorite movies? Let's do Fast Five. All right. Can, okay. you, can, you, can you handle it? I think so. I'll start. How am I doing? Easy. How am I doing so far? You're doing so so far so good. I'll start with an easy one. Okay, yeah. Carl Weathers. Well, I mean, obviously he's iconic for uh, Apollo Creed and Rocky, especially the first Rocky. Sixty-three years old, by the way. Yes, he's very good in that. But remember, go, go. they try to make remember Action Jackson. Yeah, do that's on sure. HBO Max, by the way. I believe. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson, the bad guy. Yeah, Vanity and uh, Sharon Stone. Of course, I remember, I remember Action that. Jackson. Uh, and of course, he's great on The Mandalorian now, too. He's got a really good role as grief in that uh, series. And he's too. in Predator. Predator. Sure. Sure. Happy Gilmore. Right. Happy, Happy Gilmore. Gilmore. He's got one arm. Uh, you very funny. You, think, you know, it's interesting. I would love to know how he exactly how he was cast as Apollo Creed, because God couldn't come down from the sky and cast better than that. No, perfect. He's perfect in those movies. He really is. Uh, um, by the way, he's got a recurring role on all the Chicago TV shows. I didn't know that. I know you watch those shows. He's got a role on 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 the PD and the and the fire and the. I and haven't the seen Justice. fire this year. He uh, might be on one of them. You know. You know. It's interesting when you watch Rocky, the original Rocky. Right. What's so good about Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed is that he is never for one second, one second ever upstaged by Sylvester Stallone's Rocky. It, it, never. It, it, they play off each other. The two st- it's beautifully it's just perfect. Um, and he's got one of the weirdest cameos I've ever seen in th- in the movies, Chuck. And I don't know if you even remember it. In Close Encounters of the Third Kind, he plays like a military police. Now he'd already been in Rocky and and uh and yeah. a couple other movies. He's got a really brief role. And I'm like, it's what? very brief. It, I, you have to believe his role was cut. No, probably right. Yeah, I, I almost guarantee his role. It was, was like a, a Matthew Fox role from a World of World War. That's Z. really weird. Yeah, that is really weird. Here's a tough one. He's Chuck. in the light. He's in it. You blink your eyes, and that was Matthew Fox. Yeah, I know. I know. Here's a tough, tough one because he basically plays himself in every movie. He's one of the most appealing actors on TV or in the theaters. Uh, Jason Bateman is 52 years old this weekend. Now, is there a signature Jason Bateman yeah, role? Teen I would say Wolf, Ozark. It's, te- it's Ozark. Teen Wolf too. It's Teen Wolf too. Yeah. In all seriousness, Ozark and Arrested I Development. He, he, he's done so much stuff. Uh, listen, he, I, I respect the hell out of him. Great career. He's well-respected. He's very talented. Um, they're all the same. Yeah. Almost everything he does is he's the perfect. same. 
he and probably, he does it well. Let me ask you this. Like, yeah, to me, it's if you cast him and Paul Rudd in any movie, you know exactly where you're getting in every movie. And it's and good. They're, and they're going to be good and they're going to be likable no matter what. He was a, a little bit unlikable in Juno. If you remember, he was the was. The yeah, dad. he's done well. He plays unlikable well. And he's also in Hancock, right? Hancock, too. Yeah. He's yeah. A, and here's what's interesting about him. I don't unlike Paul Rudd, who is a great Ant man. I don't see Justin Bateman in a in a in a superhero movie as a, a superhero. No, no, not at all. Um, but I will say this: Ozark might be the best thing ever on a streaming network on any of the network. The guy he directed a lot of them. He he produced it and he stars and he carries it. And that series uh, really took off too. With pandemic season three came out and a lot of people were into. And let me tell you, it. it's one of the most popular stream shows. Yep, it's it's fantastic and he's great in it. He's playing a little bit against type on that show too, so give him some credit there. Faye Dunaway, Chuck is uh, boy oh boy, eighty years old this weekend. Faye Dunaway. Uh, announcing La La Land was the winner of the. Uh, the <laughs> hey, listen, it's hard to forget that moment. Oh, forget. Oh it, my man. God, it's a uh, listen. I, I mean. Um, Bo- uh, Bonnie and Clyde, yeah, would be a big network. One. Network, ne- network, Harakking's fantastic at network. I uh, still think, I still think William. If you want to see great at William Holden's performance in network with opposite, they're all they're all incredible. Yeah, uh, Towering Ch- Inferno. I think her acting was amazing in Towering Inferno, but you know she was a female lead in Towering Inferno. Yeah, she's great. And, uh, he had a really nice run. Chinatown. Really Joan Crawford too. I mean, uh, Mommy. Mommy well, that has a, a massive cult following. Yeah, yeah. 80, though. Wow. You could uh, argue she overacted herself into cult infamy. No. Yeah, pretty that much one. so. Pretty much yeah. so. Uh, two more to go here, Chuck. Jim Carrey. Um, you know, I never loved Jim Carrey, but if he respected his work, 59 years old. To me, a Truman show stands out because it is one of those movies where he toned down a lot of his manic stuff and really delivered. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. To me, it's an easy one. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with um, the Andy Kaufman movie. Oh, Man in the Moon. Yeah. 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 yeah I watched that again a few months ago. I, I said that one is a fascinating subject and his performance is spot on. Th- that's the one for me. I hate Ace Ventura. He, yeah, I, I, listen, he's just I'm not a fan. I, I never understood. I just ridiculous. And like, ugh. I, having said that, it, you know, he's done liar. Liar. you know, those movies, they're entertaining, but. Man on the Moon is is to me is definitive work. Bruce Almighty and Yes Man and all those things. Those yeah. are entertaining. Yeah, they're entertaining. And I'm he's fine what, with them. What'd you what'd you think of him in Kick Ass too? I thought he was fine. Yeah, um, I like. I was, listen, I like I like Kick Ass too. I, I love Kick. I love Kick Ass, but I like Kick Ass too. It's a it's a fine sequel. The the only problem with Kick Ass too is that is a Chloe Mortez is a little older and yeah, you know it's it's more fun to see her as Hit Girl a little yeah. younger. Yeah. Um. And last, but oh, by the way, uh, I thought if Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be awful too. No, and, it's pretty good. And it's actually decent, and he's pretty funny in it as well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and his turn as Joe Biden was really was good. good this last year too. So, yeah. all right. Last but not least, Darth Vader himself, James Earl Jones, is not a ninety, and that's not. I'm not stuttering there. Ninety years old, and he still lent his voice to Darth Vader in the last trilogy and rogue one is a man he's going to be in coming to america too and he isn't coming to america too listen it's easy to say darth vader the voice but i, I it's it's feel the dreams yeah i mean yep. his presence his voice it's it's iconic it's a very special movie which you and, know and an iconic speech at the end that yes uh, lives and in it's infamy. iconic 
And let's not forget, too, his turn in a couple of the Jack Ryan movies, too, with the opposite of uh, of uh, Harrison Ford. And, uh, of course, Alec Baldwin. He's one of the two that was in both of the first early ones. He's really good yes. in that. Um, again, you, you, could argue, you could argue a legend. Um, yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Well, he lends his voice to both the Lion King and Darth Vader. He's going to live. And, and boy, one of the most amazing voices ever. Absolutely. Absolutely, Chuck. No doubt about it. All right. That was Fast Five. You did pretty good. Thank you. That might have been our fastest Fast Five. That was Chuck, a good one. Let's go back to 1991 now. And I'll tell you, Why? What, I, I, but well, the 30 years ago, we helped people out again. I know you got a little confused two weeks back when I did 1981. It is 30 years ago. Uh, and when I put together my top 10, I had a really hard time picking my favorite movie in 1991 here, Chuck, because this was a very, very good year. It was a good movies. year. Um, and uh, well, I'll let you start. I've been starting these um, a lot lately. So I'm going to do 10 through five, right? 10 through six. Oh, then we'll review. Six. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'll give you my thoughts and then I'll do my 10 through six. Same thing. And then we'll do five, four, three, two, one, one at a time. Okay, here sound? we go. My, okay. number, my number 10. Only the Lonely starring John Candy and Maureen O'Hara is his mother. To me, I remember seeing this in the theater and being unbelievably pleasantly surprised. It's a dramedy. I mean, it's, it's not really a comedy. It's more of a dramedy drama. And it's very heartfelt. It's about a, a guy played by John Candy, who's not a kid anymore, living with his mother, who meets a, a woman who he falls for, played by Ali Sheedy. She's very controlling. I think it's John Candy's best work. And I really like the film. It's directed by Chris Columbus. Number nine, I went with um, Terminator 2. Um, I remember how groundbreaking those special effects were. They uh, uh, as much. I like I mean, I, I can't tell you this is a better film than Terminator because I love the original Terminator, especially what Cameron did for the money he had in the original. But uh, this was a groundbreaking movie that uh, was very compelling and it really introduced or ele uh, elevated the female action hero here. Now a buffed up Linda Hamilton and Arnold has never been better. Number eight. Cape Fear. This movie scared the hell out of me because Robert De Niro's performance in this movie is uh, is some scary, scary stuff. Martin yeah. Scorsese directed it. Uh, Nick Nolte, Juliet uh, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. And, and number six, I went with. Uh, oh no, I'm at seven. Uh, Boys in the Hood. Um, Interesting. It's a really good. That, I remember seeing it in the theater. It has a lot of messages that are really compelling. And uh, it's a good one with a good cast. Lauren Fishburne, uh, Ice Cube, yep. Cuba Gooding. Uh, it's a, a John Singleton film. It's a really good movie. And uh, number six, Ron Howard's Backdraft, which um, I liked. I actually really liked Billy Baldwin in this film and also uh, Kurt Russell. But Billy Baldwin was really good in this film. I, yep. I, I liked good it pick. a lot. Um, well, mo uh, three of those are on my list. Good job. Um, only the lonely. I do like that. Uh, John John Hughes wrote it. Uh, very good. One of the really most down to earth John Candy performances. Yes. Uh, and Boys in the Hood, I did enjoy as well with a little flip of uh, you know the good kid dies, and that was really uh, a, a tough tough movie to watch at times, um, but very important messages in it. Um, and the other ones are all on my list, so I'll I'll, I'll get to my ten through six now. Cape Fear, my number ten. Martin Scorsese's. You're right. This movie is scary uh great it's, only, it's almost a movie you don't really want to watch again no I, like, I mean it really is it's so intensely 
the, the, um, the scene at the theater at the high school with the him and Juliet Lewis when he's seducing the teenage girl is done yeah. so well. It's so yeah. off putting and then a great climax. So let's face it. So it got a good payoff at the end. I really enjoyed that. It gets a little over and, the top. And, and, when, and then seeing when he, he bites Ileana Douglas in the back. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But aye, aye, aye. Really, the cappers, the movie theater when he's just laughing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That, that is, is, you know, De Niro's done a lot of schlock. Obviously, yeah. he's done a lot of great work. It's one of his best villain roles it, ever. It, it is a great villain role. And Nick Nolte holds his own in it as well. Yeah. And, and uh, Jessica Lang, too. That's my number 10. Uh, my number nine. Um, look, it's schlock. It's another diehard movie, this time at a some sort of co- <laughs> convoluted prep school. But. I put Toy Soldiers at my number I, I knew nine. you would. I was going to. I mean, I, I like this movie a lot. Is there one too many scenes with these kids that are in their tidy whities Maybe. Well, let me ask you a question before I want you to expand on this. This is the definition of a completely forgotten movie. No, absolutely. Talk absolutely. about it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, Sean Astin's your star here with a bunch of mm-hmm. kids. The, they're, they're kids on the who've done wrong and they're in a kind of a prep school here. And uh, Will Wheaton's one of the stars in this as well. Um, and of course, Luke Gossett Jr. has to be in this movie because that's what basically all only kind of movie he would do after winning an Oscar is play a sidekick to a kid in an action movie. But for some reason, this works. I don't know what it is, whether it's Andrew Devoff as the villain. He's um, good, man. Ben Holm Elliott is really good, too, in this as, as one of the deans. Sean Aston was a really com- you could very see- compelling star in this he, film. Here's the thing. Rudy, this film, you plop him in a movie that has a decent script and you could follow him from A to Z, right? It, you really can. You root for him or what? You He's could. Good. This is some sort of, uh, you know, weird Goonies movie. It really is. Even the Goonies with a really cool cast. Yeah. He sticks out the most. He does. He always does. does. He does. It's a really good. It's slick. It's fast. uh, It's got action. It's got a great payoff at the end. Um, I don't know what more you'd want. Is it a straight to video schlock fest? Absolutely. Um, But for some reason, the last 20 minutes work. And I think maybe I, I, I answer my own question. Andrew Devoff is a really good villain. He's all in as the villain in this movie. He doesn't realize he's in a teenage diehard. He's actually playing the part like he should. So what's uh, so really it, interesting about the diehard uh, clone or rip, whatever you want to call it. They almost all work. They it's, almost, a concept, it's a concept. concept that hooks works. You. It, just yeah. hooks you. It, it does. It does. Even in the bad ones, you're still yeah. watching it. Uh, my number eight is Albert Brooks is defending your life. The comedy about life after death okay. with him, Meryl Streep. I think it's very funny. He's got a lot of touching things to say. Rip Torn is hysterical as his lawyer in the afterlife. And it really is a nice tender love story and a different kind of role for Meryl Streep. Same kind of role for Albert Brooks. Yeah. Again, he he's he's an acquired taste. If you don't like Albert Brooks, you're not going to like his movies. I like Albert Brooks a lot. So defending your life is not my number eight. I'm sure this one's a little higher on your list. Silence of the Lambs is my number seven, a horror classic with Clarice and Hannibal Lecter. My number seven is that I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. And my number six is T2 on um, the Terminator sequel, which I enjoyed. I will admit to this, though, Chuck, and I'm a huge fan of the original. I don't get wrapped up in the hype of how great this movie is. It's good. It's very good. I don't think it's the science fiction classic a lot of people bill it as. I don't know why this movie doesn't hit the high marks of the original that that the original does for me. It doesn't. Uh, it, it, okay. I don't know what it is. She's great in it. I like that he's a good guy in this. For some reason, I just doesn't. I don't have the same love I do. I always felt it has a, a little bit of a dead spot in the middle. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. I, I just maybe because Michael Bain's not in it. It like really, sort of has to re-kick itself. Yeah. 
is it Edward Furlong? Is that my problem with it? I can't figure it out. I he's not bad in it. It's just I don't Cameron know. Saw him in a shopping mall, by the way, and uh, <laughs> asked him to audition. That's how he got the role. Uh, well, uh, it, you know, I, I didn't, don't look. It's number six on my list for the entire year. So obviously, I liked it a lot. Oh, I um, like it a lot. Uh, it just uh, for some reason I don't like it as much as the original. I think that is the science fiction classic. Uh, we didn't. Uh, right. Let's run through your ten through six real quick one more time, and I'll do mine. Okay, number ten, only the lonely. Number nine, Terminator Two. Eight, Cape Fear. Seven, Boys in the Hood. And six, Ron Howard's Backdraft. Uh, my number ten is Cape Fear. Toy Soldiers is number nine. Defending Your Life at number eight. Silence of the Lambs at number seven. And T Two at number six. We're off to a good start here, Chuck. All good movies. What's your number five? Uh, I went with JFK. Oliver Stone's JFK. It, you know, it's interesting because even today, people are always fascinated about. You know who assassinated assassinated JFK? K. There's so many in this movie. What Oliver Stone does is he throws every red herring at the screen, yep, and and makes you think. It's very thought provoking. Costner's good. The whole cast is really good in this film, and this is when Oliver Stone was really prominent. A game on top, uh, yeah, a game top of his game, and uh, the movie holds up very well to this day. Yeah, it's my number four, actually. And for all the reasons you just said, it's probably the best one of the best edited movies I've ever seen, too. And I, I love this movie because every role has a star in that role. Chuck, yeah. you, you're going to recognize even if you're on screen for even minutes, John Candy, John Candy, Jack Lemon, Walt, yeah. Walter Matthau, Donald Sutherland. Um, it just John. It just got Kevin Bacon on and on and on and on. Um, Joe Pesci's very good in it, too. But at the core of it. It's really Kevin Costner. I mean, yeah, he's got to hold it all together um, as a very likable uh, garrison. Um, and you're right. Every theory is up there. Uh, I believe Tommy Lee Jones was nominated in this film as well as one of the red herrings. Uh, it's just uh, overall. It, it's so rewatchable for a three hour movie too. Uh, John, uh, John Williams has got a great score in it as well. Um, JFK is definitely one of the best movies of that year. It's my number four. So that's a, a, a real good pick there, Chuck. Um, my number five. Might be on the list. I don't know. I know you love this movie. It's one of my favorite Westerns, one of my favorite comedy Westerns, and that's City Slickers with uh, Billy Crystal and uh, it's Daniel, on my Stern, list. Daniel Stern and Bruno Kirby as the City Slickers who go out west. And uh, it's, it's, my, it's my number two. Just a funny. Uh, I love it. I love uh, it, man. Lalo Blue Manzel and uh, Bob Lou Manzel and Mandel and uh, Lowell Gans wrote it with Billy Crystal and it's just Ron Underwood. Ron Underwood, Ron Underwood, still director. directing TV now. Yeah, he directed uh, Disney's Mighty Joe Young, which I liked a lot. Also, but let me tell you, this movie—it's my number two. This movie's a home run. Yeah, in concept execution, it's so entertaining. I, I must have seen this four or five times in the theater. And there's and so many big laughs. There's so many big laughs in this. Movie. And it has a huge heart. It has such a huge heart. It has a really nice message and a very not always a simplistic message because the Billy Crystal, you, you, is, you could understand the concept of the middle age crisis a little bit. Yep. And, you know, they dance in the little not I want to say dark territory, but they get they make you understand that life choices and sacrifice are not always easy. No. And then some of the choices you make come back to haunt you sometimes, too. There's no doubt about it. And, and the people and, you meet in the, and, and, and the 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 what you do for those who you care about, it's it, it ultimately is what matters. Yeah. Uh, and and great performances all around too. Uh, every single one of them. Uh, there's no doubt about it, Chuck. It's just a fantastic movie and a lot of laughs and it holds up and it plays as a Billy Crystal movie, too. So if you're a fan oh, of Billy hands Crystal down. 
Yeah, he's he's very funny, and it's it's and, and you know uh, Helen Helen uh, Helen Slater 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 yeah, Slater Helen, Shaver Slater I, yeah whatever that's a different actress. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, actually, Helen Shaver is in that uh, Martin Sheen. That remember that movie oh, Martin Believers, Sheen did? The Believers, the Believers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Helen Shaver. But Helen Slater plays Supergirl. Um, she's really good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, I liked her. Yeah, and of course, Jack Palance wins the Oscar and does one-arm push-ups after it. He did him well. He did him well. Uh, All right, Chuck, that's my number five. You know my number four is JFK. What's your number four? My number four, I'm I'm sure people in the audience are going to go like, really? Or, wow, it's Hook. Because... um, Well, I I knew this was going to be on your list. I knew. Yeah, here's the thing. I I remember going... I remember when Hook came out in 91. Obviously, it was a Spielberg movie and was advertised heavily. I remember going... It was a Friday afternoon four o'clock show i go there by myself and i'm watching this movie and it it captivated me and i kept waiting and waiting as you know to the almost the third act and when robin williams flies for the first time as peter pan i I found it exhilarating and the message of that movie even though i and i screened this movie in the last few years at least three times i don't know anybody in the general audience that watches this movie in the theater and doesn't really love it and it has a very important message about it's one thing to be an adult but never lose your childhood and i think that's a really good message spielberg badmouths his own movie here and i understand the flaws specifically in the second act the movie has issues it does it clunkers along but the first act and the third act is so good and robin williams and the message and hoffman is is hook um it's a perennial favorite for me, and I, I like watching it. it during the holiday times. Yeah, I know you love it. It's got a great score, too, let's face it. And it, it does. One of the best at John Williams. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. I don't love it as much as you do, okay. but I, um, I, I, do, I do always remember having a problem with Steven Spielberg. Um, the setting of Neverland, to me, it always yeah, seems, it's a it sounds like a soundstage. I, I get it. I get it. And it's true. It's a fair, that is a fair criticism. Um, but, you know, Charlie Cosmo is good. The little girl's really good in it, too. Let me ask you a question. Before they cast, because there's a long story about this film where Nick Castle was the original director, mm-hmm. Nick, all right, who did The Last Starfighter, uh, who was the shape in the original Halloween. And because uh, Spielberg was in and then he was out and they brought in Nick Castle and Hoffman and, and, uh, and Williams, for whatever reason, creatively had issues with Castle. He bowed out. Spielberg comes back to the project. They thought about casting Kevin Klein as uh is uh, Peter Banning, Peter Pan. What, what do you think? He would have worked. Would have well. worked. That would have worked. Would've, he, it would have worked too. It would. Well, I remember work. he he was a huge star on Broadway with Pirates of Penzance too. Yeah, Kevin it Klein, would have so worked. It would have worked. Yeah, totally. Always appealing on screen. Um, but Robin Williams is great in it. Uh, he is. I, yeah. I, I again, it's missing something. I don't can't quite put my finger on it, but it is a very rewatchable movie of, to say the least. So it's a good yeah. pick. I knew you were going to have it on your list. Mm-hmm. My number three, Chuck, is a, a movie I didn't expect much out of. When I first saw it, um, I heard a lot of buzz and I'm like, all right, let me give it a shot. And it's my third favorite movie of the year. And that's Ridley Scott's Thelma and Louise with Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis as the ill-fated couple on a fishing trip that just find making one mistake after another, after another, after another. The chemistry between these two, this is truly a love story between two women trying to escape the lives that they absolutely hate, um, especially the performance by Susan Sarandon really rang true for me here, Chuck. I And it's got some great action scenes in it. Ridley Scott. No, really uh, it's a really good, it, it didn't make my top 10. I was trying to squeeze it in, but it's a really good pick. It's, it's, it's paced so well. And me personally, I love 
the uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid ending. I think it's perfect for the movie, only maybe because of my love for that Butch Cassidy movie. Let Even me Harvey- ask you a que- question. Gina Davis, okay. Gina Davis in this, Gina Davis in The Fly, mm-hmm. Gina Davis in The League of Their Own, Gina Davis in uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. She's one of the great ones. She had a good run. There. There's no oh, doubt about she's it. Yeah. Great. She, she had a great run. And uh, I, I find her to be an awesome talent. Yeah. But for some reason, Chuck, it's like a, a woman and a girl with Susan Sarandon and her, for some reason, there's so much depth for me in, in, uh, in Susan Sarandon's okay. role here too. And I, and good turns by Christopher McDonald and, and uh, Michael Madsen as the, as the boyfriends in this movie. And of yeah. course this movie made a star out of Brad Pitt, who's got a small little role here too, as, as a, as a robber on the road. Um, yeah. It's got all the elements. It's paced. Great. It's got a great score by Hans Zimmer. It's really almost a flawless movie for me, Chuck. I like this movie a lot. Um, and it's my number three from 1991. It's a really good and very, and I mean, extremely I- Rewatchable. I'm curious to see if my number three is on your list. I don't think it is, but I'm going to tell you, I love this film. And this rejuvenated Nick Nolte in the stardom. Uh, it's Prince of Tides. Uh, Not on my list, but a good movie. Go ahead. Him and Barbara Streisand. I thought it was a nice pairing. It was based on a novel. It has serious overtone. Nick Nolte plays a man who has, uh, who's damaged, which I find I'm always able to relate to characters like this. He's really damn good. Wind up winning People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive after this film. And that's really interesting. Cause you look at him in a movie like teachers yeah. and when he had, he was going through issues and he didn't look exactly healthy. I love teachers, but he look at him, look, look at him in another 48 hours and tell me he didn't have issues. Yeah. I mean, and you look at him now and, and like some, oh, I was boy. like, Holy cow. He's an interesting dude, but I was a fan. I love, I love rich man, poor man uh, with Nick Nolte, but I love, I love Prince of ties. It to me is a definitive. It's one of my favorite films. It really is. Right. He got a golden uh, globe for this movie. Yeah, He too. got a golden globe. He, he, he lost the Oscar to, Anthony Hopkins uh, yeah. for silence. Uh, In a way, it's kind of yeah. a, a ripoff, too, because Anthony Hopkins, his screen time doesn't warrant the Nick Nolte screen time. And, and, and Mickey, you know, she plays a psychiatrist and, and he, he goes to her and, and, and talks about his issues and they fall, fall for each other. It's, it's a really damn good movie, Mike. A really, really good movie. Number three. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy that movie a lot. And, I, and he she holds her own, too, uh, opposite him. But it's really it's his movie. That is his from beginning to end. And uh, like I said, in a way, I kind of pulled for him a little bit more than Anthony Hopkins because, you know, Hopkins is basically a supporting character as Hannibal Lecter. I agree. I, I, you know, they, uh, even though, you know, because it's interesting because we, we screened this for Halloween for a week at the theater that I'm involved in. And I watched it again and, and it, uh, it's, it's higher on my list. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. It, it only has like 18 minutes of screen time. It feels a lot more, though. Yeah, it does. It does feel a well, lot. He's got more. so much presence in it. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Um, great, great pick. It was on. It was higher or lower on my list, uh, okay. but I do like that movie a lot. And of course, a new TV series starting up uh, in a couple of weeks. Clarice. Clarice. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, <laughs> my number two, Chuck, was on your list way back. I don't remember what number it was, but that was Ron Howard's Backdraft, uh, one of his best movies. And number six. Uh, my number two is Backdraft, and I just remember uh, the brother aspect to this movie really hooked me in and look it's got kurt russell so it's How, already working ahead of everybody and, and kurt, else. Ru- the end of this film and kurt russell's hanging off that gut, beam. gut-wrenching like it's, how compelling is that and it, it, it's a great great scene and you know what it is too what i like ron howard doesn't cheat 
with the ending of this movie either. No, he rips, you think he rips he, your heart out. Let me ask you a question. On. You think he was doing a little bit of a homage to uh, Hackman but, hanging off the street? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I absolutely think that. Yes, because he yeah. the way he looks at his brother and just lets go. Right. That is a total tip of the cap. It's an awesome scene. The um, only my only issue with Backdraft, and I'm a big fan. The only issue. Well, you can't have a fireman be a bad guy. You can't. I, yeah, I mean, I doubt that always bothered me. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? You can't. And I remember working at the video store. Chuck and I used to run a video store back in the day, and I'd always recommend this movie. And yeah. and I talked to firefighters that would come in and I would always ask them, what's your you know, what's best depicts, you know, the life you live. And they always bring up the towering inferno. They say they love that. And I always say, well, yeah. what about backdraft? And a lot of the firefighters that I know would say, yeah, it's great, except and right. the accept would always be we no firefighter in their right mind would ever commit arson. It would yeah. just never happen. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, it does detract from it. But let's face it. It's got a great all star cast. Even Robert De Niro, uh, his small role in this is very, very good in this, Chuck, um, as yeah. the as the as the, um, the, the I, I always thought inspector. that uh, I also Sutherland Donald Sutherland was a little bit over the top as the, yeah, uh, yeah. the you know, the the Hannibal Lecter like the arsonist, right? Now, and do me a favor, people, when you're flipping through Netflix and you see Backdraft 2 pop up on your screen and you say, oh, Billy Ball, William Baldwin's in. Oh, Donald Sutherland's got to don't turn it on. I I do not understand how Universal. I never watched it. How much screen time do they have in that? Uh, Barely anything. Barely anything. Um, And of course, the the uh, the the kid, the the star of it is the young boy grown up. That's like uh, Kurt Russell's kid. Yeah, that's called a uh, that's called uh, uh, sell it off the uh, video store box back in the day. Uh, Absolutely. Ideology. But, you know, in a lot of ways, Chuck, this was a trend, a, a big uh, trend setting movie at the time too. the special effects for fire had never been. No, seen I agree. Before. Ron, and I mean, they made a, they made a ride out of it at universal in Hollywood too, uh, for a reason, because some of it, and these actors were in the, 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 right in the middle of it all. They right. did not cheat with their, and, and, and a lot of those scenes pay off. And I think that's what adds, to the, the, the depth of the movie. So backdraft is my number two. Yeah, I, I, I we all have a problem with who the bad guy is. But boy, oh boy, it's some of the stuff we haven't seen in a really long time. And like I said, you put Kurt Russell in anything. You're already working ahead of the curve for me. And Rebecca doing du- 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 Mornay. Yeah. He's good yeah. in it. Uh, you're number my, two. My- uh, well, City Slickers, my number. Oh, yes, yes. All right. So, and you want my number one? Well, I, my, our number ones are going to be different, so that's good. And I'm assuming it's Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it's Silence of the Lambs. Um, I got to tell you, watching this again on the big screen in October, you're not going to get two actors on more more suited, perfectly cast. Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal. Jodie Foster's Clarice. I can't see any other actor play these roles. I mean, obviously other people have played Hannibal and they've been really good, but um, the script of this movie is outstanding. I mean, he swept five Oscars, all the majors, mm-hmm. uh, best picture, actor, actress, screenplay, director. Um, she's so good in this movie. And, I, and I was saying uh, when in October, it, what was really interesting is a Scott Glenn character and Clarice, it's it's just it's like a subplot that may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but it was I, I found it really good and very very interesting. They layered that script is layered it is so well thought out. The characters in that movie so thought so well thought out. Well, according to some of the stuff I re- read, you know, not many people remember this. And is when actually, Hannibal escapes in the middle section of that movie, that's uh, really, really peaks. When he puts the guy's make, face on. Yeah, it's filmmaking doesn't get better. 
No. It's lot, so good. What people might not know, and I think they and probably And it's interesting because I watch it with, hello? with my is wife. Is this thing I, on? Hello? 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 Is this thing on? <laughs> I just want to give somebody the background to <laughs> the storyline here, and then we'll talk about your wife. and. You know, I, you I know. I watched it with them, and they didn't see it before. And they were like on the edge of their seat during that scene. Go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to point out Hannibal Lecter had been played before. Manhunter came out in 1986. Michael Mann. You know, know that. And our listeners yeah. might not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Harris wrote these uh, books. Yes. Um, Manhunter, uh, played by Brian Cox, of all people, back in the day with uh, William Peterson as the cop back then. And then he did the sequel. And it's not really a sequel because many people didn't know it. And Silence of the Lambs had uh, had been optioned the novel by gene hackman chuck and there'd been he was going to talk of maybe him directing that film too but instead jonathan demi did it did a fantastic job and then you know they would go on to make red dragon which was another sequel from thomas harris the writer and uh and uh anthony hopkins would come back for that the remake of of manhunter it's a a remake of man yeah remake of manhunter and then they would do the other the one with ray Liotta and uh and what's her name playing uh clarice yeah, yeah Hannibal, which was OK. It's it gets very little, graphic, very graphic. At the end with uh, Ray Liotta's brain out half yeah. the time. I mean, it's a little wacko, yeah, uh, it but is. it does I have like some it, it does have some elements in it that are that's good. pure horror. That is very hard. Now, I never watched the TV series. Did you ever get into I, that? I, I didn't know. I did not. But I, I know people love it. Well, uh, we bring up the TV series with Clarice, but there was a Hannibal. The TV series is what I'm referring to. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's had a long uh, line of other things but it really starts at the core of a great horror movie it is a horror movie chuck it's a and, and that's why i think i like it the most the scene at the end when she puts the night vision goggles on or he yeah. has them on and yeah. he's creeping up on her oh it's just great stuff and who could forget ted levine as uh buffalo bill i mean what a great tuck job he does there chuck i know you're a big fan of that and i think his character i not him is, is going to be heavily involved in his tv show really yes Interesting. Okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, I don't think it'll be Ted, though, right? No, no, right? All right. Chuck. I don't think so. All right, that was your number one, and it's a great pick, Chuck. My number one is a little bit off the board here, but it's one. Let of me those... look. Let me think. Go ahead. I'm ready. Uh, it's uh, the taking of Beverly Hills with Ken Wall. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that movie. Do you remember that movie, Chuck? I do. <laughs> we big wise guy fans, but in all seriousness, um. My favorite movie of the year is a movie I came out of total left field for me. Um, Mimi Rogers in The Rapture gives okay. one of the most unbelievable performances uh, I've ever seen. Yeah. This is one of those movies you sit down, you think you're going to see one movie about a, a woman who's lost and goes on this sexual escapade. And it turns out to be this biblical epic of a film that takes you from one point to another and just leaves you with your heart on your sleeve at the end of the film, just breaking for this lady who can't find her way into heaven, Chuck. And that's where this movie goes to great depths uh, that no other movie is going to do. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because there's a lot of stuff in here, but it's a roller coaster ride of a it movie. It is, and I I remember Siskel and Ebert raving about this movie. Yep, and 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 for for good reason because she gives an unbelievable performance in this, and uh, David Duchovny's got a nice little role in it. Will Patton as well. Um, but really, the storyline. I love movies, Chuck, where you think you're going to see one type of movie, and you walk out of the theater saying you're just blown away by it. And even watching it to this day, you're blown away by it. Uh, whether you're a believer in the rapture or not. A believer in the rapture it doesn't matter um, because it'll have you believing at the end in something, and that's why I love this movie, Chuck. It's okay, a, it's a real good movie. Good pick. Uh, and you know, it was an interesting year too, Chuck, because you you know uh, a lot of big blockbusters. You know, Beauty and the Beast kind of put yeah. Disney back on the map in this year too. It was a good year. When I look at it, it was a really good year. 
We also had the, the Adams Family debuted that year yeah. too. I like um, the sequel better, but okay, the sequel was, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, of course, it was those rare years with the Silence of the Lambs. It swept the Oscars, all the major categories. You know what's weird about that movie? Released on February 14th. That's how good that movie is, Chuck. Yeah, that agree. movie was released in February and swept the Oscars the very yeah, next and February. You don't get that lot. And it also made for a really terrific Oscar opening telecast with Billy Crystal <laughs> oh, coming <laughs> out as Hannibal. <laughs> it was really good opening. And we also got to see uh, uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood that year. I like. Listen, that movie has issues in the middle, but I, I really like that movie. Great score. He, I, I enjoy the heck out of that movie. And we also Alan, got to, Alan Rickman's a great villain. Alan Rickman's a very good villain. And now we got to see Hot Shots, the the, the Naked Gun two and it a half. Fun. They fun were movie. both fun in that movie. Yeah. And, and one of Chuck's favorite movies, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. No, <laughs> it was OK. Uh, 3D, 3D, the last three, I was uh, the, what, the last minutes, 20 minutes. Right? Yeah. Uh, Put your well, glasses on now. OK. <laughs> uh, it was a really interesting year, uh, to say the least. I'm surprised. Um, Last Boy Scout wasn't on your list. It almost made my list. It's an interesting movie. Boy, talk about a hardcore, gritty, foul mouth movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, Shane that's Black. It. That's it for sure. And uh, Bugsy came out that year, too. That almost made my list. Um, I really enjoyed that film. Dead Again. I love that movie, too, Chuck, with uh, Kenneth Branagh. So it really was a deep, deep uh, top 10. This deep bench, you're saying. Deep, deep bench, bench, deep bench. Here's okay. my 10 through one. Cape Fear, Toy Soldiers, Defending Your Life, Silence of the Lambs, Terminator 2, City Slickers, JFK, Thelma and Louise, Backdraft, and The Rapture. What's your 10? My number 10, Only the Lonely. Number nine, Terminator 2. Number eight, Cape Fear. Number seven, Boys in the Hood. Number six, Backdraft. Number five, JFK. Number four, Hook. Number three, Prince of Tides. Number two, City Slickers. Number one, Silence of the lambs this is a good show mike yeah it was you know what's funny all the movies we just named there the one that you and i would probably run to rewatch next is toy soldiers i mean isn't that a little weird don't you think i'd love to watch that on the big screen right now that's unbelievable uh all right chuck that does it for this uh week um movie maniacs we'll do it again next week my friend always a pleasure mike uh thank you audience and uh stay safe stay healthy thank you Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.